what's going on, Refill Team Fairchild? You guys know how this works. The goal of this podcast is to help bring people together. Whether it's stories of triumphs and success, or even stories of a little bit of failure or hardship, we share them all. Because by doing so, we help connect each other to one another. And that's really what this podcast is all about. So let's go ahead and get this episode started. All right, Refuelies, we've got another episode to offload for you guys today. If you don't know what's coming up, we have the SISM, which is basically the international soccer tournament for women's team. It's going to be really, really big. It's going to be July, basically the whole month of July. But today I have Colonel Kirschman, who is our MSG deputy commander. And then I also have the Women's National Armed Forces soccer team coach. We have Mr. Derek Wayand. Are you a member of the military still, sir? I still am, actually. I am a, a colonel in the United States Air Force. Colonel, sorry, sorry. So no. we have Colonel Derek Wayand. Honestly, being Mr. Wayand, it was like awesome here for the first time in a long time. But thank you. Yeah. I, I'm going to retire here real soon. So just uh, prepping you. Prepping, I like it. Excellent, like it. excellent. Well, thank you for taking some time out of the very busy schedule you guys have coming up. Honestly, this is the first time I've been air conditioned in like three days, so thank you very much. Well, we'd have a fan too after if you need to to stand in front of it for a few minutes. It is very, very warm up until what, this weekend? It finally just heated up, so I guess you guys brought it with you. I'll take it. Personally, not a fan, but (laughs) if it's better for your team to keep their muscles loose while they're training, all for it. Coach Kirschman, can you explain to us what SISM is? Yeah, so SISM, it's in uh, French. So it stands for the Council International Sports Military. So for us, we just say the International Military Sports Council. Okay. So SISM falls under the Olympic Committee. So we are the second largest sporting event in the entire world. So we're represented by 140 countries are part of SISM. Oh, wow. And then when we have the Military Olympics, they call them the World Games. We have about 109 countries that participate and over 10,000 athletes so wow. When you look at how many athletes competed in Tokyo at the Rio Olympics, it's just over 10,000. But we are we are the second largest sporting event in the world. Oh, wow. Okay. And I want to say this is the largest women's military World Cup. There's never been 10 teams. Oh, wow. Okay. We, we tried to have it in El Paso for 10 teams, and one of the teams dropped out, and we only had nine at the end. So if everyone successfully lands here for starting uh, kickoff, this will be the largest military World Cup, and Fairchild will have that to boast about for years to come because it's going to be hard to beat. Excellent. I'll remember that. It is EPR season coming up. (laughs) (laughs) So can you just tell me a little bit about how you got involved with the Armed Forces team? Yeah. So uh, in 2010, don't let a good tragedy ever go to waste. I actually uh, got hurt. I blew up my back and I quickly learned as an athlete, my days were done. Yes, sir. And I happened to be stationed in England and there was a semi-pro team across the street from where I lived. And uh, it hit me that I could still teach the game, sure. but I can't play it anymore. So from tragedy of a broken back, I got into coaching. And in 2010, there was an opening on the all Air Force men's team as okay. an assistant coach. Awesome. And that's where I actually met Lieutenant Colonel Kirschman for the first time as a dashing right back, probably one of the fastest in the league and smartest by far. Awesome. And from there it, it grew in the following year, 2011, I became the head coach and the way the men's team used to work is if you win the armed forces, you get to coach at the next level for SISM team. Okay. So I coached the uh, men's team from 2013 to 2016. And in 2017, um, I I quickly realized my daughter uh, living in the Netherlands didn't get a fair shake 
uh, playing soccer uh, over in the Netherlands because she was a girl and she was forced on a co-ed team, which I didn't think was right. And then I heard some grumblings about some issues with the women's team. I got a phone call saying, hey, would you be interested? And I went over to the women's side and I've never looked back and I love coaching the Women's Armed Forces National Team. What amazing talents, leaders on and off the field, Division One players all over the place. And we got a few high school kids who just decided to enlist versus going to college that are just as talented as Division One players. And they're amazing. I've been lucky enough to see a handful of friends play on the Armed Forces team. So that's really cool. I think they were before you started working with the women's team. But I noticed on the Facebook page, there was a couple of them liking a lot of the posts. So that's really cool. Awesome. Yeah. It, it, I, I say once you join the program, you're in the program for life. Yes, sir. It's just like in the military, you never know when you're going to deploy. You never know when the mission calls you or you have to stand to uh, due to manpower, stuff like that. So a lot of the, the women, you know, play for a season, missing a season, sure. come back a season, or they just play one season, but they're always a part of the team. And that's what I really love about this program. Awesome. What semi-professional team were you attached to over in England? Uh, two teams, actually. So Fairford Town okay. and then Milton Hall Town. Okay. So I, I was blessed to be stationed in England twice on both sides of the country and uh, probably some of my best memories. Awesome. I remember when Norwich finally oh. got into the premiere right when I was about halfway through my second tour at Milton Hall. I'm a big Canary fan. So yeah, I got to see the Canaries play several times when I was stationed at Lake and Heath. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And Colonel Kirschman, what about you? How did you get involved? If, if I recall, you played in college, correct? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, played in college at the Air Force Academy and then uh, started playing in 2007 on the All Air Force Men's National Soccer Team and then played again in 10 for Coach Wand. And then uh, 2013, I got picked up to play on the Armed Forces Men's National Soccer Team. So awesome. I got to go to Azerbaijan to represent Team USA. Um, so we beat Germany four to one and never looked back. <laughs> <laughs> the Germans got us when we played them in the NATO CC air tournament. They definitely cleaned house that tournament, but it was a lot of fun, <laughs> much smaller scale, but I'm, that's why I'm so excited for this tournament is I've seen, seen it in just a European small level. So to see 10 other or nine other countries come to the U S Fairchild of all places to get to play in this tournament. I'm very excited for it. Uh, honestly, my, my heart is so grateful for Air, Fairchild Air Force Base. Uh, you know, I, I'm stationed at Moody. Okay. And we really wanted it down there and we got outbid by Fairchild. And I'll be honest with you, I'm glad I'm here because it's like 105 right now with 100% humidity in Moody and we just would have melted away. So being here, perfect weather for the sport. The people here are so friendly in the town. I, I will tell you, you have probably one of the best community supports I've ever seen here at Fairchild. Yes, it's very, very tight-knit. We have a handful that always come out to support every event we're at. So awesome. we're, we're very, we have, yeah, it's a great community here. So right now, and when I'm talking about this, it's, it's the end of June. So you guys are going through tryouts for the women's team. Is that correct? Correct. So first week's always tryouts. Uh, we give everyone a fair shake with five days. Let's, let's be honest, you're, you're allowed to have an off practice. Sure. We train three times a day. Uh, so people are tired. Our, our club captain uh, is Morgan Roberts. She's played with us before. She wears a Fitbit and a heart rate monitor check, and she actually ran 17 miles yesterday. Oh, wow. Uh, and she's still running today. Ooh. So it, it's brutal. Uh, it's it, it's probably one of the best elite athlete programs you have in the Air Force or the Armed Forces total. You know, she just ran 17 miles, and she's still running today, and she'll be playing tonight's scrimmage. So the amazing athletes that are out there. But, yeah, so first five days of tryouts. Uh, we'll cut down to about 24 is the target. Okay. Knowing that we got to shoot for 21 for the final roster. 
between now and the first game, we'll have a few injuries. It, it happens sure. every time. Uh, could be from walking across the street off a curb or someone getting slid from behind. Uh, so we always got to have a, a few extra during the camp. Yes, sir. Uh, and it's always hard to say goodbye to those right before the tournament starts. But right now we're, we're ramping up and, and our theme is always getting 2% better every day. Our first game is against Belgium. We kick off 11 July. And uh, I think we're going to put a hell of a show on for Team USA and being hometown favorites. We're acclimated to the, the weather. The fans are behind us 100%. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, we are going to throttle them. And it's going to be a great feeling. <laughs> no, I can't wait. And then Coach Kirschman, would you say that the other teams are probably doing the same thing in their respected countries, kind of getting ready, making last-minute cuts? and? Yeah, so with the other countries, they have a little different process than we do. Okay. So a lot of times they already have their teams built because they're small countries. Sure. So they could get together during the week and have practices and then scrimmage other teams on the weekends. Um, so we do have footage from other countries' uh, scrimmages, so oh, we're wow. uh, going to be checking those out and sure. scouting the other teams. Excellent. So everyone's kind of so for the most part, most of the countries are probably finalized, and you guys will be finalized. We're usually by the beginning of the month. Yeah, we're usually the last ones to be finalized because they play year round together. Okay. I mean Belgium. I mean it's the size of Spokane. Uh, I mean that's probably over exaggeration, but it's two hours from border to border. Sure. So these, their, their team gets together probably once a week at a minimum, if not plays in a league together on the weekends. Oh, cool. So they'll be organized. Don't, don't get me wrong, but they're not going to beat us. <laughs> <laughs> so once you guys cut down, let's say so number 21 or, you know, number 21 gets hurt after you've made those final cuts. Is that it? You're just down to a 20 man or 20 woman team at that point? Absolutely. Okay. Um, so, I mean, the, the great thing is, and Kirschman was with me in 2013, we brought 18 guys to Azerbaijan. Uh, we did really well, but we took, took some hits and our bench got real thin. And we realized we were the only team with 18 and everyone else had international standards of 21. Raj. So the 21 man roster armed forces team has agreed to allows us to have depth on the bench. Sure. Uh, where it gets hard though, is if you're number 21, 22, you may not see time on the field. Sure. Uh, on the other side, if something tragic happens, you'll see a lot of time, a lot of, a lot of playing time. But you said the word cut. It always gets hard to make that final cut because at that point you're so tight with everybody. Yes. I want to say it's a sisterhood because they, they go to each other's weddings. They go to each other's uh, graduations to ceremonies. It's pretty amazing with how these women come together. Oh, that's great. You said you're doing three days right now. Yeah. What's a, typical day so <laughs> i'll go through a typical players day sure players are on the field boots laced up a first run starts at 6 a.m so that starts and that goes from 6 a.m to 0 6 50. that gives them 10 minutes to cool down sure. then we get them to the ross a defac which is phenomenal great people great yes. food a great atmosphere <laughs> i take your ross the defac to the moody back with me in heartbeat <laughs> By the way, faux on Mondays is fantastic. But yeah, so that's our first training session. Yes, sir. Go have food. We say food is fuel. Sure. Because if you're running 17 miles, you need to have calories. Uh, second session starts at 10 a.m. Then you go 10 a.m. to about 1130-ish. I say ish because you just never know what the theme of the day is. Stop there. Get more fuel. Then about 2 o'clock, we do yoga or we do a pull session. Okay. Help active recovery. From there, we do a 1900 hour session and we do it for about two hours and that's usually an inter-squad scrimmage to work on game-like conditions. Nice. Uh, so like tonight it'd be 1900 against the, the local base team. 
I will be there after ALA to come watch. There might be a lot of tears on your side. I'm just saying. <laughs> just to just to kind of see what's going on. It's been a long time since I've gotten back. Now I'm thinking about it. See in-person football or soccer with just the way the world was not too long ago. So I'm trying to remember the last time I was at a football pitch with people actually playing on it. You know, so it, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. Usually the first week of tryouts, it's really quiet. And like everybody's eyeballing each other, sizing each other up, especially the first two days. And it usually takes about day three or day four uh, to warm up. Sure. I will tell you from day one, this team's been different. They've been talking it up, having a blast, playing music, dancing together. And, and most of these girls didn't know each other. And I really think it was a COVID effect. They haven't been around big groups of people. They haven't been playing the sport like they have been for their entire lives. So you bring up a valid point. We were talking about this yesterday. And to be honest with you, the team chemistry is amazing right now. And I pray to God I don't screw it up. Uh, <laughs> so I'm really happy right now. Do you have trainers and everything that work with you? Oh my God, yeah. We have uh, outstanding athletic trainers. The SEER instructors, their cadre are helping us out as oh, well. Um, big hats off to those guys. The, the dormitories are amazing. The medical facility is amazing. The gym over there is amazing. Yes. I don't know if everyone gets to use it, but I highly recommend it. It's nice over there. Nice little secret. Very calm and just well put together. No, that's awesome. Coach Kirschman, how has it been for you getting ready for the SISM? I know you've got a lot of great people that are working on the behind the scenes, soon to be Captain Fam, <clears throat> Captain Watson, Captain Barrow, all the captains it sounds like, but quite a few. Uh, Sergeant Begg and Airman Morris have been really bringing up the volunteer side of the house. How's all that been going? Yeah, really well. So getting a ton of support, um, four support squadron just going above and beyond making this happen. Uh, whether it be lodging, D Dave Walker, you know, or food and beverage. Um, it's just been incredible support from, from the entire team. And then also from civil engineering, helping us out with the, the lot lodging, getting the rooms cleaned and getting them ready. And, and then sear all the stuff they've donated to us. And then can't not mention LRS giving us all the vehicles and they're going to be busing everybody around yes. just helping us out. But we are just getting so much base support. So it's incredible. I'd like to add, piggyback on that. Your MSG here is phenomenal. It's it's really a team effort. I, I, I will tell you, I, I've never had such a working LRS come and help us and support us. I, I've been to multiple bases and I've been told no at every wow. single block. And LRS is usually one of those sticking points. Not here. It was awesome. Some good people. Uh, FSS is shit hot. You guys should definitely win the Hennessy Award. Uh, did I say that right? <laughs> Hennessy Award. Uh, but yeah, everybody in the MSG has been phenomenal. I, I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of Fairchild, but MSG has kind of hit a high bar here. So good luck to the rest of your groups. Well, we got our maintainers maintaining the flight line. You'll probably hear them from time to time. And if we have any visitors, it can get a little loud. <laughs> Who else do we have? WSA, just wherever they are needed with all the helping agencies, as I'm sure you're yeah. well aware of the many, much like MSG, the many different sections they have to reach out and support. SEER is always busy. I, I just was informed that they're not taking a summer break this, this summer and they will be pushing through classes. Oh, wow. So they're keeping busy. And MDG just always supporting us with whatever we need. So I think I hit all this, all the groups. Okay, good. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's a it's a really good working team here. Trying to get people out of the COVID COVID hibernation still has been a challenge. So we're really hoping that now that hopefully people have a chance to rest from Skyfest because that was a huge success as well. 
that they will be interested in hope, hopefully getting out there and supporting where they're, where they're able to mission dictating, of course. But Absolutely. We're, we're really hoping to get a good turnout. I know Sergeant Bouvier and Airman Zabir have been working very hard on getting liaisons for the many teams. Oh, yeah. So, I, And to be honest, the liaisons either have it the best or the worst. And it always depends on the team's culture, the chemistry. But I'll tell you what. I've been to these tournaments and some of these liaisons get adopted by those families and they become friends for life. I've had friends in countries that like Ireland, I go and I visit because I was a liaison for the Irish team one time and I don't stay in a hotel. I stay with them. That's awesome. It's never a good thing for my body, but it's awesome time. (laughs) That's why I think I'm working with this, this tournament. So I'm very excited. I want to get back to my uh, UK side of the, the family, just being stationed over there for, seven years total. Awesome. So I thought it would be fun to work with them. They're good so, people. So we're really looking forward to the tournament. You guys have both have been through a couple of the tournaments. What is What are some of the highlights? Obviously winning would be the biggest highlight, but what are some of the, the things that maybe people wouldn't think about being super spectacular? Yeah, so the, the one thing that people don't ever think about on the women's team is you have 40 women right now that are highly elite athletes, they don't get to spend time with other women at that level. Sure. That's the first thing you notice is they come together and they're like, oh my God, there's 40 of us. What what do we do? Because most of the time, female military members are are minority. And and you work with a group of guys, unless you're in a, a different section in the military. But so that's the first thing is the camaraderie and the sharing and the networking of different issues that are going on for female and the females in the military. And you see that sisterhood developed in the networking. And I can't tell you how awesome it is to watch how they take care of each other once the tournament's gone. Okay. And you don't ever get to see that behind the scenes. Yes, sir. But that's something that's real special. And, and you know, the, we got to cut girls this, this first week, but they're a part of this program forever. Uh, we had a young lady who was a contracting officer I uh, didn't care for her job and she hung out with some of the pilots on the team and guess what? She's a pilot now. Oh, wow. You know, she was mentored, but let's be honest, if she just would have stayed quiet and reserved in the contracting world, she wouldn't have known how to do that. So there's mentorship going on behind the scenes in ways that, well, let's be honest, as a male military officer, I, I don't know how to do it all the time. Sure. So it's kind of nice to have that behind the scenes. Some of the other things behind the scenes is getting with the other cultures. I mean, the Irish has their culture, French have their culture, the Cameroon has their culture, uh, South Korea has their culture. So getting to know them behind the scenes, you know, for 90 minutes when you step on that field, we try to kill each other. Yep. Without a doubt, we (laughs) want to kill you. But after it, as soon as that whistle's done, and maybe 15 minutes after the whistle, sure. uh, I want to hang out with them. Me and the head coach for Korea or South Korea is, we're good friends. Awesome. And uh, we, we take care of each other every time we see each other. Irish coach, me and Kirsch, have a great relationship with him. Uh, we have a blast every time we see him. Uh, so it's, it's the friendships and the bonds that you have after it and the stories that you have. Uh, what is the, the beverage place behind Ross? Oh, final point. Yes. You know, uh, there's always a final point at oh. these tournaments. <laughs> and, and it's those conversations that you don't get to see behind the scenes. Sure, I can see that. Um, but I will also tell you that one of the most special things for me is when you see a young child from a different country or even your own country watch you and your players are signing autographs for them and you hope you made a positive impact. Sure. Uh, this time we have home field advantage. Yes. So hopefully we inspire a whole bunch of young, young little girls to become 
military pilots, X, Y, and Z, you know, uh, you know I say it cause I'm air force, but they can be anything. Sure. And I hope these girls are inspired by our players here. Awesome. What about you, sir? Yeah, it's kind of the same thing as far as getting to meet up with the other countries. And at the very end, we have just big party and trade gear. So we trade jerseys, oh, yeah, trade, yeah, yeah. trade pins and different souvenirs and be able to take that back and then be able to reflect on that when you get back home. I just love the different cultures and, and how we all come together, friendship through sport. So we'll make sure to tell the liaisons and any of the staff members, make sure you bring patches or something because I forgot how much people love to just trade items from different countries. Yeah. 100%. When we, being Coach Kirschman, we were roommates in uh, China together in Wuhan for all the right reasons, not the wrong reasons. <laughs> the last night we were there, we were trading like everything we had. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually came home with a jacket from Iran, a jacket from Belarus, like awesome. places I'll never go. Sure. Nor allowed to be go. For now. <laughs> but I, I look back and you're like, they were just good people. Yes. They were athletes. And, and there's some guy in Iran right now running around with a USA red hoodie. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I hope he's not in trouble for it, but yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like at the end of a red flag or a giant exercise where everyone finally gets to partake in adult beverages if they choose to, but just have a chance to hang out with the different countries and get to know who they were actually supporting during the exercise or fighting against in the exercise. It's kind of nice to just see everyone come together and enjoy that it's over and have a fun for a night before everyone departs and goes back to their countries. 100%. And hopefully maybe you bring back a souvenir or two to remember some of the, the people by. Absolutely. So it's very relatable. Yeah, that's excellent. So the tournament is over. It's 25 games over the next, is it 10 days, a 10 day tournament? Yeah. So we go 10 days in a row, Sorry. two games every day. Then we take a day off. And then on the final day, we have five games. So is that 25 or did I make that 25. Up? Okay. Correct. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think a lot of people are. I know I have my NCYC sitting next to me. She's qu quietly listening and editing what we'll keep and what we'll edit out. But she's very excited to get to announce, hopefully, and then also just get to see some of the games. Avid, avid fan. What would you guys say? You and There's no wrong answer. Do you appreciate it more as a coach or a player? I'm going to have to defer to him. Oh, I thought you, oh, you only coached by the time. So, yeah, I, I actually was never okay. a brilliant player like Coach Kirschman was. I played all my life. Is there? But to be honest with you, I never knew about it until I got hurt. Okay. That's code for I was never good enough to get recruited. But as a coach, it's it's the greatest joy of my life. But I can't. Coach Kirsch, what, what about you? Yeah, so they both have their strengths. And, uh, yeah, so as a player, it's true ownership where I am in control. If I get scored on, it was my fault. I'm the one who fell down or missed it. So I completely own that. As a coach, you're playing through the players. So you're uh, directing them almost like chess pieces. Sure. But once the whistle blows, we're no longer able to influence it as much as like a practice session. True. Or if you were a player on the field. Okay. So, uh, they, absolutely. My, my two passions are coaching and teaching. Being a coach is the highlight of my life. How has directing been compared to the other two? <laughs> yeah, so being the tournament director, there's a lot of logistics that go by, behind the scenes, lots of meetings that as a player, as a coach, I wasn't aware of, you know, referee meeting or a gift exchange between oh, sure. the general officers from the different countries. Yes, sir. So trying to coordinate, I say it's uh, like planning a lot of different weddings. <laughs> I'm dealing with hotels, ballrooms, banquets, uh, tablecloth colors, napkins. So yes, yeah, so lots of planning. 
makes you appreciate the overall overarching tournament, I think. Because even, again, with that tiny, and and it wasn't tiny, but the smaller tournament I got to play in, not thinking about, I just went to my room. We just went to our rooms. We just went to training. We just went to eat when the DFAC was open. And you don't have to think about all that. Both of us have been to tournaments together and at separate tournaments uh, where we've just shown up and had to get our own room. Oh, wow. Had to go buy our own soccer balls, get our own uniforms, i.e. a marker on a white shirt. We've had to do those things. And I, I will tell you, you know, having Coach Kirschman as the director and also being a part of the MSG, he has this place wired down. And I will be honest, the only thing I got to do is wake up and make sure my team performs because I don't know any of the problems that are going on. And he tells me there's nothing ever going wrong, which <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's lying. It's really nice for me staff, coaching staff, and from a player's point of view, everything's perfect. And I, I credit that to Fairchild. Credit that to him because he knows what it needs to look like because he's been as a player, as a coach, yes. and now as a director. Super helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I think it definitely helps that you probably have that background on just knowing what you would like versus what's realistic versus what we can make happen. Mm-hmm. And as much as we would like everything to fall into place, we know some of the things will probably have to shift, but we're ready. And kid air power, flexibility. Yes. Cap, Captain, soon to be Captain Fam. By the time this airs, Captain Fam, <laughs> she, 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 I think she's going to lose some hair over this, but at the same time, she, she's doing a phenomenal job. Everything that Coach Kirschman just kind of mentioned, I think she has somehow become involved with. I'm not even sure. She's not even sure how it happened, but she is, she is killing it. And, just if you ever listen to this, Captain Fam, know that you were very much appreciated during this tournament and all the stress you're going through, it was worth it. Oh, yeah. She, she doesn't know this yet, but <laughs> we're only allowed to recognize two uh, airmen, Big A, that were on my team. Uh, so she's one of them that's uh, going to be recognized at the closing banquet. Excellent. No, she, she definitely deserves it. She's, she's really hit every ball out of the park since she's come to MSG. So we're very thankful to have her. But in order to keep you guys both on time as well, is there anything else you guys would kind of like to hit on from a player, coach, tournament level? Anything you'd like to leave people with? And you have closing comments. Yeah, so just wanted to thank the the leadership of Fairchild Air Force Base. If it wasn't from the wing commander, when I first got here, he found out I coached the men's soccer, all Air Force men's soccer team. He said, uh, if you ever have the chance, bring the team up here. Oh, excellent. So at that point, unfortunately, our tournament was in March. And I thought, man, it's going to be freezing cold yes. at Fairchild. So sorry, sir. We're going to McDill. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. So as soon as I heard the women's team, was, SISM was looking for a host. I, I uh, immediately was asking and we, we got all the support we needed. So from Colonel Bentley, Chief Guzman, Colonel Marshall, and then Lieutenant Colonel Whitaker is the one that put our name in the hat as the FSS commander. So if it wasn't for their support, this never would have happened. Just appreciate all the support from my committee. Uh, We meet on Thursdays at 1 o'clock, and uh, I'm pushing them hard. But they're doing so much stuff behind the scenes to make this all possible. So true shout-out to all of them. I'm going to have to second that. Fairchild leadership is amazing. And uh, Chief Guzman, uh, (laughs) remember, is Lieutenant Colonel Wayand uh, in Lake and Heath. So it's two degrees of separation. We're all connected somehow. Oh, excellent, yes. So the reality is, is it takes great leaders to take a risk because let's be honest, this is a lot of work and they could have easily said no and they didn't. They accepted the challenge and they're knocking it out of the park. I just wanted to say thank you to all the people outside of Fairchild that are supporting us as well. This is a community event and I hope to God that uh, Team USA does not disappoint and 
look forward to seeing everybody out there on 11 July. Excellent. Coach Wayand and Coach Kirschman, thank you guys both for spending some time with, with myself and Sergeant Smith today. We wish Team USA, of course, the best of luck. Good luck with your cuts or whittling down your team, if you will. I know it's never fun to let someone go, but yeah. we, we, we want the best of the best and the healthiest of the healthiest fittest of the fittest to be out there on the pitch. Outstanding. But we're excited for USA. We're excited for the other nine countries. Catch me if I miss one, but we have Mali, Cameroon, South Korea, France, Belgium, Ireland, who else am I missing? Germany, France, and Canada. Germany, France, and Canada all coming. So it's going to be a really, really great tournament. It's going to be the 11th through the 22nd. So we're going to have first kickoff at 1530 on July 11th at Union Stadium, so up in Mead. And then the last games will be on the 22nd, so that Friday. It's going to be at 9 o'clock. We'll have three games, 9th, 7th, and 5th place. And then we'll have third place at 15 noon. noon. And then fourteen or sixteen hundred will have the the champion game, which hopefully it'll be U, USA taking on whoever some some other team, some other team, some other competitor. Hey, you know, honestly, a dream scenario <laughs> is uh, championship game USA versus Canada. Take our northern brothers on. Sure, uh, that would be. Uh, it's always a good time when we get together with them, especially on the field. But uh, yeah, I, I wish all the teams best of luck. Uh, you know, some of these teams are traveling very far. Some of them won't be able to sleep for the first two days. Hopefully Belgium would be in that situation. <laughs> but uh, it's truly a friendship through sport. Bonds and, that are made for a lifetime through yes, this game. Excellently and, put. And all the games are free, so we highly encourage the community, the base, everybody to come on out to Union Stadium up at Mead. It's near the northern Costco. But uh, all games are free, so come on out. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we are still looking for volunteers, so if you have airmen who are available or spouses or civilian civilian DOD it should be it should be an alternate duty location so get with your leadership to see if you can support a day support a team any little bit counts uh, if nothing else if you can sneak over to Searside I'm sure the Ross DFAC would love having you come help serve some food or pack some lunches but I won't take up any more of your time. Thank you guys so much. Good luck with the rest of training sessions sir. Thank you. I will see you at opening ceremonies if not sooner. And Coach Kirschman, I'll see you at tomorrow's meeting. Oh, yeah. Football <laughs> is life. Football is life. <laughs> and for all my listeners out there, you guys have a spectacular day. All right, team. That wraps up another episode of Refill Team Fairchild. If you guys have any stories you'd like to share on the podcast or maybe know anyone that does have stories that they'd like to share, please let us know. You can reach us at 92foxtrotsierrasierra.foxtrotsierradeltapapa.fairchild.charlie.alpha.alpha.com. And until next time, we'll see you then.